Welcome to the Chaos Network. Now you're all in big, big trouble. What time is it? We will throw out all kinds of sports topics. The moment Delonte West banged LeBron's mom, LeBron had every right to do whatever he wanted to do. Yeah, that's horrible. Political views. If we get rid of abortion in the United States, what happens when Bismarck Roethlisberger is uh, holding <laughs> down some chick and gets her pregnant and she can't get rid of the baby? <laughs> Is that your Just random rants and stuff. Are you supposed to record podcasts over? I'm your huckleberry. Two drugs on my life, my life will be shorter. Oh, Peyton Manning breaks his fucking arm. <laughs> well, your boy Peyton Manning didn't break his arm, and he ended up dominating the Chiefs. And I'm sure you had a bit of an arousal from that, which is wonderful for you and not necessarily for me. Anyway, Thursday night, watching football. We're doing a two guys on Mike and Sports tonight. I got Hollywood with me, some Boys Town, some West Hollywood, whatever you want to call it. First thing I need to say is I found out the devil's food, and the devil's food is white fudge Oreos. I'm just saying real quick, they come out this time every year. Every year I buy them, and I can't stop eating the damn things. So Hollywood's put me on an exercise regimen, so I ended up don't end up like I'm 750 pounds. Between that and those mini Starbursts, have you seen those? Holy shit, I'm in trouble. I have not, I have not seen mini Starbursts, bro. But uh, I love Starbursts, and and I gotta look those up, bro. Uh, I see that at this at this place called Best Buy in the front lanes, where they're just like mini Starbursts. You don't have to unpeel anything. You just pop the bag open, and you go to town. All right on. And it's kind of magnificent. So it might be my new favorite candy, but then you throw in these goddamn white fudge Oreos. And seriously, if they serve this shit year-round, bro, you need to put me on a program. There's no doubt about it. I'll remember that, bro, just so we're clear. Thank goodness I don't get high or anything like that, so I don't have the munchies ever or anything. That would just be silly. Anyway... It's me and Hollywood kicking it. We've got uh, birthdays for uh, Snowflake and Mrs. Snowflake, so they're out watching Wicked. And I'm just going to say, I think it was he was probably more excited to see the show than she was, man. Probably sound like it. Uh, I've I heard great things about it. Um, I personally haven't seen it, um, but, but I hear it's a really good show. I, uh, I saw it in, in Chicago, ironically, with the uh, future ex, Mrs. Chaos. And it and it was okay. It wasn't bad. The whole Wizard of Oz theme was all right, but Scotty's definitely a closet Wizard of Oz guy. So I and I think I'm a little worried about him at times. And we got well, Gov working, right? Is that what's going on with Gov? Yeah, yeah. Gov Gov's got a, a late night tonight with the with the other job. So we will be uh, without the governor tonight. That's right. Big day, right? PS4 launch and stuff like that. Uh, Xbox One comes out tonight. Xbox One, that's what it is. The PS4 already did the whole thing. It, it did that thing where it came out. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't completely gay. It was kind of gay, so it sort of came out of the closet. But that's okay. We still appreciate it. For sure, brother. So hit up the uh, housekeeping, bro. For sure. So tonight, if you want to call two guys a mic in sports edition of the Sports Our Way show, uh, you can hit us up at 646-3780-793. Call in. Uh, you know, we're gonna talk about some football, talk about some basketball, talk a little bit of baseball tonight, which uh, is my specialty and chaos is worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, six four six three seven eight zero seven nine three. If you want to hit us up on the, the the Twitter, 
You can reach the show at Sports Letter Our Way blog. Uh, tweet in, ask us questions uh, or opinions. Uh, we'll probably strike some chords with Yankee fans tonight. Um, you can hit Chaos up at FN Chaos. You can reach myself at SOW Hollywood. And the boys, you can hit them up at Governor underscore Baines for the Gov. You can hit Scotty up at Kendall Scott. Uh, let him know if you've seen uh, Wicked. Maybe you can play spoiler and ruin the ending for him. Um, it is our favorite time of year, uh, which is Boob Awareness Month. We stare because we care. Uh, st- stare at some pits. Feel good about yourself because it's Boob Awareness Month. Yep. But uh, if you want to call in and talk to us about the nicest pair of tits you've seen today, feel free to at 646 Three seven eight zero seven nine three. And if you believe you have the nicest pair of tits, please feel free to send them to my Twitter at FNKS or SOW Hollywood or A Carlson23. Either way, oh, we'll work out just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done, bro. I'll see if she picks up on it. All right. So um, I had a DMAF all set. I think we're gonna, I'm going to move the DMAF. We got an email from... Um, uh, Callie Nick's brother, and he sent us a pretty interesting article. I'm going to read that through this. Um, and uh, I think tonight, uh, well, I just want, uh, let's play the sounder and then I'll go into it. You mind? Let's, let's get this shit going. This is another public service announcement. <laughs> you just tell me that eating pussy is going to give me cancer. Yep. Oh, good. God is going to be my DMAS. But as they say in the U.S. Navy, there is no wrong hole. No! Getting a little strange on daytime TV. You are broke back, Jack. I'm your Huckleberry. Also DMA. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. And I don't know if there's any truth to the rumor that that 23 is for Jeff Gordon and not Michael Jordan. I'm not certain. Um, the DMAF tonight, I think Hollywood and I are going to kind of team up on it. We're going to go tag team, DDC type style. Because it's going to be Alex Rodriguez. I had somebody else set up, but in my opinion... I don't even know this other person is more in the DMAF than A-Rod. But what I'm going to do right now is since we got an email, hadn't had one in a minute, I want to read the article that Nick's brother Chris from Cali sent us because it's kind of worth mentioning. I don't want to take away from weird news. It's in Wisconsin where we have a couple of the boys who hang out from. And uh, I'll read through it. I can't do the and I read because that's definitely a Hollywood thing. Man calls 911 to report, <coughs> excuse me, woman snoring like a train. So in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and if you've ever spent any time in Wisconsin, be afraid. Be very afraid. He, he's, he's feeling, a, a Wisconsin man is feeling a bit sheepish after calling 911 to summon police to remove a woman who was snoring loud in his bed. Benjamin Duddles called police at 420. And I, I think that Anytime there is something that happens early in the morning, the media just puts it at 4.20. Everything happens at 4.20. It's the go-to time, and I'm not mad at them for that. Between 4.20 and 1.87, probably two most important, important numbers that are out there, and demanded that the woman be removed from his bed. At first, he told dispatchers that he wasn't sure how the woman got into his apartment. Uh-huh, right, yeah. Coyote ugly is what I'm thinking. But admitted that he brought her home. He didn't say that she was now snoring like a train and wants her out. Police showed up to the Duddles apartment where, the, uh, where at that point he disclosed that he and the woman 
had been drinking together and had sexual relations, then fell asleep. No, can't confirm that Duddles is related to former President Clinton or not. He stated that he could not rouse, he could not rouse the woman. Uh, he could not rouse the woman, which probably happened during those relations too. So he contacted the police for assistance in removing her from his apartment. The woman was found to be fine medically, just was pissed because she didn't have a, effing or, a fucking orgasm and had some sort of uh, sleep apnea. So, I, you know, she probably went home a little backed up or fell asleep a little backed up and probably couldn't wake up. So that's the story. And thanks for sending in because that's based on kind of what we ran into, I think, last week on the show when, or a couple weeks ago when someone called the cops because his friends wouldn't drink with him. I think this was right up the alley. Yeah, I agree. Um, what fascinates me about the story is he claims he doesn't know how this broad got in his bed. At one point he did, yeah. Like, so what happens is you wake up, you know, uncomfortably because you hear this just horrible, horrible noise. And you look around, you're like, fuck, what is going on? And you realize that this broad you brought home from the bar and, and got busy with, um, is just snoring, uh, like a, a freight train. So it's been my experience, uh, not personal experience, I guess, but when you hear about people with sleep apnea, typically the first thing that comes to mind is their overweight opinion. Yeah. Uh, people who are, are and, and I'm not talking like 20 pounds overweight, right? I'm talking obese overweight. So that's the first thing that comes to mind for me. After that, you you realize that, okay, I can't wake this bitch up and say, hey, you're snoring, please stop. So you call the fucking cops right. to have her removed. So, you know, 420 is, is very convenient that, that that's the time that this is reportedly done. So clearly they were intoxicated, as the report said, probably not just uh, been drinking that night um, because it would take a fuck ton of alcohol to to get me in bed with someone who was going to wake me up because of sleep apnea. Right. Right. I mean, bad. Like, coyote ugly, chew up your arm. What kind of dude, though? Like, just, just anybody in general. Like, is that the dude, like, you want to have as your boy where your first instinct is, well, I can't wake her up. I know. I got it. I know what I'll do. I'll call the cops. That's, that's like... I don't know that I, don't know that I want to hang out with anybody who's going to be going after Large Marge over there at the corner of the bar who's oh, eat, eating Twinkies and drinking fucking... Uh, we, have a friend, we have a friend named Justin Meadows who's not afraid to handle the overweight, bro. But, but I'm saying, like, there's one thing to be a wingman and step up. Right, right, okay. There's another thing to be spying on Twinkie Girl and, and taking her home at the end of the night, like, even Meadows uh, had, had taste, so. He did, and he was usually tasting Twinkies, but you're right, there was, there's, there's a word, two words I want to bring up to you, and I hope, I hope a picture gets painted in your head. Erica Wester. <laughs> okay, just wanted to say that, because that was one that Meadows... I don't know that he even needed to bring her home, but he definitely took care of that business. Um, linebacker comes to mind. Linebacker, pump my end cap, yeah. End cap comes yeah. to mind, yeah. 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 
that was wingman stuff there, but he definitely laid the uh, <clears throat> Spanish Mexican jumping bean into into uh, into that young lady who was very top heavy. So I'm not terribly upset at him. And then she is a lot more top-heavy now with the stomach and all. Anyway, different story for a different time. Welcome to Two Guys on Mike and Sports. That's like, well, welcome back to yeah. Two Guys on Mike and Sports. And just just a just all full disclosure, uh, there is somebody on this show who has sleep apnea. Not me, Scotty. Yeah, not you. Scotty's got it. And he's not a fat guy. Actually. He's not. Like I said, most no, times. Most I'm not, I'm not, right, I'm not right. calling it 100% of the time. Right. Scotty's definitely not a – he's fairly fit. He just likes to be Darth Vader. Yes, he does. Where the yes, he does. So, DMAF, in my opinion, is Alex Rodriguez. All right? And I know you're the baseball guy. Now, I'll leave it to you in, in most cases, but anytime you get up, and walk out of court proceedings and are and then go on to New York radio and say things like, uh, well if David uh, not David Stern. Um well, I can't remember so if Bud Siegler, Bud Siegler, Bud, Bud thank you. I could see him. I can't picture his that goddamn name. If Bud Seelig isn't man enough to come up and talk to me about uh why I'm being suspended and look me in the eye and see who I am and say things like that, along with, I don't know, let's mix in, I know Bud Siegel hates New York while he's on a New York radio station talking to New York media, and by the way, he plays for the New York Yankees. I mean, if that's not, I don't know, a fucking stupid line to try to, you know, shallow point to get everybody, you know, riled behind them because Bud Siegel, Bud Siegel hates, I've had a few drinks, Bud Siegel's had a few, a few drinks too, uh, hates New York and he plays for them, you know, stand behind me. I mean, he if this A Rod just to me screams spoiled child all over the fucking place. He did the same thing when he had his initial uh, uh, positive test that I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Oh, uh, you got me. Okay, I guess I did do it. I mean, come on, man. So let yes, yeah, so let's let's rewind for a minute here, right? Let's let's make the make sure the viewers are up to speed because they probably had a few drinks too. Um, so drinks are fun. There's a hearing. A-Rod goes in for uh, for statements about his 211-game suspension, right? And they're, they're questioning him. He's arguing, all this fun stuff. And he gets frustrated, gets upset. He's not under oath, by the way. Um, he slams his fist on the table. He kicks a briefcase. He's, he's obnoxiously obscene, leaves the courtroom fired up. Uh, and to Chaos's point, goes and gets on a New York radio show, and starts bashing um, the crypt keeper, as I like to call him, but <laughs> he's like old. He's oh well, it's not that I don't like him. Uh, he's just old as fuck, and and a lot of people will accuse him of running running the Major League Baseball organization as a small mafia program, which yeah, maybe, but uh, he's just fucking old, and, and it's time for him to die. Uh, and you know, I, you never want to say that. In a hateful way, he's just really fucking old, and I think it's time for him to die. He's done some great shit in his life, um, but he's killing my favorite sport. So, having said that, um, A-Rod starts pissing and moaning on this radio show about the things that you were talking about, right? He hates New York, and why won't he come and see me face-to-face and see who I am as a man? Well, let's, let's take a time out here, A-Rod. First of all, you've admitted that you've lied to the national public 
about doping. You've denied being caught. You've denied using when you were in Texas, and then when you came to New York, and then all of a sudden you had to come clean because the uh, the report came out that you were on that list, and you decided it, was, it would behoove you to just come out be clean. And, and surprisingly enough, you got a second opportunity. You got the ridiculously big contract, and, and, and you know, and, and all that stuff worked itself out to where you had a second chance to keep your nose clean and. and work it out, you know, play out the rest of your years, make the, the money that you were going to make, and have no problems. Whether or not you batted the same uh, percentage ever again, hit the same home runs as you used to, none of that shit mattered. You got the contract. What's awesome about baseball is it's guaranteed money. And only sport that you could say it's guaranteed money. Basketball, and, too. Well, basketball, but the contracts are, yeah, as you know, set up a little bit different. Um and you fucked up again. And baseball has finally decided that they don't want to pay you the money that you're guaranteed. And they're trying to force you into retirement and all this other bullshit and blah, 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 and they want insurance to pick it up. Like, I don't understand why if you're A-Rod, you'd be, you'd be that upset. Uh, you're terrible. You're old. You're unhealthy because you're not juicing like you were. And uh, the game is running away from you. And you're still guaranteed money. Retire. Take the 80% of the whatever millions of dollars that you're guaranteed and go fuck Madonna for the rest of your life or whoever you're married to now or whoever you're fucking now and, and deal with it. And, you know, I'll tell you what makes me really upset is the fact that he brought his kids into it. Did you hear the part where he said, I got to go home and tell my daughters about are, this? Yeah, who about are, being suspended. He threw in, I got to go tell my daughters who are from New York, is what he said. Yeah, I heard that. It's, it's just fucking absurd, man. It's absolutely absurd. And I know I'm on a little bit of a tirade right now. As you but like, it's fine. He is part of what's wrong with baseball. And, you know, we should be talking about the ridiculously mega deal, ridiculously large mega deal. I'm stuck on large marge apparently tonight. Um, sleep deprivation. Between, sleep yeah, <laughs> suffering from sleep apnea. Um, the deal that went down between Detroit and Texas this week uh-huh. was just a monster deal. And somehow that is is shadowed by this goddamn motherfucking cocksucker. A-Rod. Yep. I mean, who truly is. I mean, like, there's no doubt about it. It's a look at me. He's not... I, he hasn't done anything significant in years. I mean, and when you look back at, like, 5, 10, 15 years, in that, years ago, or years from now, when we look back to what, what A-Rod was about, the only thing we're going to remember is all the... You know, uh, all the controversy he that surrounded him, the steroids, and how much of a bitch he was about it. I mean, even to the back to when he signed that big deal in Texas, he complained about being in Texas. You know, about, uh, you know, how uh, they weren't going to win anything and, and uh, how, you know, he really wasn't happy there. But the guy, no matter what he's done, the only time he was halfway decent or worth a fucking shit is when he played with Ken Griffey Jr., Randy Johnson, Jay Buhner up in Seattle. And he, was, he did some amazing stuff there because he just played ball. 
And then people paid him for what he was worth or what he appeared to be worth. And then he became a diva. I mean, he really, like, if he was in football, he'd be a wide receiver because he is the biggest fucking diva that I think there is in baseball. Bro, do you remember the, uh, uh, I don't know if it was GQ, if it was Sports Illustrated, but uh, he did a centerfold for one of those those magazines. I think it was GQ. And, uh, like, he had his shirt off in, like, a classroom or something. Uh-huh. And... Like this just supports the the diva statement that you just made. The dude wants to be a celebrity. He doesn't want to be an athlete. And, and he could have walked away and you know been a commentator on ESPN and all that other bullshit, and like still been a diva and still been a celebrity. And he could have made movie appearances and signings and all that stuff. Because to your point, he did some things for baseball that was important. And that brings us back to this interview that he did. He tried to say and challenged that Bud Selig was trying to delete him from history. And he's this is my legacy. I'm part of history, and you're trying to take that away. Like, how self-centered of a cock do you have to be to say that you're as big as the game? Like, I was talking to one of my guys this morning at the store, and we were talking about this interview, and his response to that was, the only thing that you're part of history for is the the asterisks by all the records that you've taken away from the players that earned it the right way. And you know, and then you think of Clemens and you think of Barry Bonds and you think of all the other minutiae that surrounded the PED era. And like, you know, what are you gonna do? Did, did, is who is Hank Aaron ever gonna be looked at as beaten? No. Not if it's by A-Rod. No way, right? So, like, fuck off, man. Go crawl under a goddamn rock with your kids who are from New York, in New York, and fucking read them bedtime stories about how great you think you are. Because at the end of the day, you're just another fucking Ryan Braun. You're just another fucking Sammy Sosa. You're just another fucking Mark McGuire. You're a guy who who got into the steroid era when the steroid era saved baseball in the mid to late nineties. And, and, and it's a different game now. And you got players that are trying to to do right. You look at, you know, God, I hate doing this because you know, what's going to happen is all these names are going to hit these lists, but you look at McCutcheon in Pittsburgh, you look at, you know, uh, some of these kids that, that aren't built like brick shit houses, who are still finding ways to hit home runs and, and have great, great batting averages and all the other stuff. Like they're the next big thing in the sport, and you're an afterthought, and, and you just need to come to terms with it. And it's too bad that he he turns around to Seelig and says, you know, he's trying to erase my name from history because he's the one who injected you with the roids. That's right. Yeah, he was holding the fucking needle. Yeah, he's the one that made you do it. I don't know the first time. Oh, and then there was the second time. And then there's probably the few times that you, you know, did that they didn't quite catch, like the 352 other times that allowed <laughs> you to get the contracts that you got from Texas and the Yankees. And and, then, and if you went up to your team now, I'm sure all they would say is, you know, Alex, we really don't want to have you on our roster. If we could void our contracts right now, that would be awesome. And that's not Bud Seelig's fault. That's your fault, bro. That's your fault. Yeah. 
I remember back when we used to talk about the three best players in the game happened to all be shortstops between Derek Cheater, Alex Rodriguez, and Nomar Garcia Parra. And, uh, you know, Nomar fell off faster than anyone else, but I haven't heard of him tied to any type of uh, drugs or anything like that, any HGH. And Jeter, he's never hit for power. He's just hit for average and got on base, moved people over, had his home runs here and there. And the true five-tool player, the one that was supposed to be better than them all, was the one who was cheating the most. And that's sad that he turns around and says that Bud Selig is the one that's causing him to lose his uh, place in history. That's bullshit. I agree, bro. Good DMAF. Thank you, sir. I figured we both had pretty strong uh, thoughts on that. So, you know, the other part, the other person, I guess, that's in the news is, uh, uh, you know, the rape story out of Florida State and uh, everything that's going on there. You know, uh, um, what's your, I mean, break it down. I mean, not, I don't want to say break it down. That's the best we do. But um, what do you think that's going on down there? I mean, everything comes out yeah. I'm a, I'm a little confused, right? So, James, first of all, first of all, welcome back to Florida, yeah. the land, the land of the confused fucks. Yeah, no shit. Um, so w- let's frame this up real quick. So Florida State's QB um, looks like he's going to be just an absolute beast in the pros. Yeah. Kid, kid, the kid's got everything you'd want in, a, in an NFL quarterback. Uh, it's Winston. Florida, what's that? Jameis Winston, right? Yeah, Jameis Winston. So. Uh, Florida State having a hell of a year, um, arguably number one, number two uh, when it comes to the rankings, uh, undefeated, all this good stuff. So there was a, a report that came out, I don't remember how, was it last year, a year ago, two years ago, I forget, that uh, there was apparently a, an alleged charge for sexual assault. And the woman who originally filed the complaint withdrew and dropped all charges, um, and then they said, and this just came up, I think, last week was when it really hit the news, that there was new evidence to support op- reopening the case. So things have been trickling in over the last week. The, the first big piece of news, I think, for me, is that they're saying there's an officer who was filing the report, encouraged the young lady who, who wanted to stake the complaint, and, and I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have the specifics, something to the extent of you realize that he's a football player. You realize you're going to get raked across the coals if you actually go through with this uh, because football is important and, uh, you know, on and on and on. So that, that was reportedly uh, a statement that came out around an officer, and we haven't heard any follow-up to that yet. Um, there's There's reports that... There are two witnesses that were with uh, Jameis Winston on the night of the the occurrence who can vouch for him saying it didn't happen. He denied it originally and said, no, this was not the thing. And now he's just not talking at all. Um, But apparently there was uh, DNA found in this young lady's panties, Um, specifically, I'm assuming, his semen, that matches him to, in fact, this broad that, that he's saying he didn't, uh, you know, sexually assault. So, obviously, the, the big question is, is it he said, she said, is it consent, were they drunk, whatever. Um, 
But how do you how do you straight up say absolutely not, nothing happened, and then find your dick juice in this girl's panties, uh, and just be like, yeah, I'm just not gonna talk now. Yeah, I mean, doesn't that seem ridiculous? I mean, like, really? I mean, you know, you did it. Everybody. The thing that drives me crazy is how they'll treat, and by they I mean athletes or people of certain entitlement. I shouldn't, you know, uh, yeah, not everybody, obviously. Treats everybody else like they're a bunch of fucking morons. Like he tells everybody, uh, well, you know, I didn't touch her. You really don't think if you fucking busted all up in her, they're not going to find it on her underwear? I mean, that's exactly what these people do for you're good at You're great at football. That's what you do well, for a living because you're, you know, making, a money, making money to go to college for it. And eventually you may play on Sundays. These people who, you know, fight crime and aren't fucking, like, Scotty's favorite guy, Batman, they're good at what they do as well, and they're going to find out if you left some shit behind. So don't treat them like they're fucking morons and don't know what the fuck they're doing because they'll find out what you did. And, you know, part of this just makes me want to say it just goes to show he'll be a great quarterback. I'm sure the Steelers will draft him because he's got a little Ben Roethlisberger in him. Why not? Seems like it's something that will work out well. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Yeah, I mean, Scotty's probably going... Well, Pittsburgh should take him in the first round. Well, okay, buddy. Sounds good. But the fact, like, I almost think that the Tennessee, I think, is where this happened. Is that right? I believe so, yeah. I think so. Also. I, I, I think it happened in Tennessee, and I think the police force in Tennessee is going to be the ones who really should face the the heavy scrutiny right now because if there is somebody on that force that turned to the girl and said those things to her because you know we're lucky enough to where we haven't had to go through life as a hot chick we had to go through it as some damn sexy men uh so we don't know what she may have gone through the emotional torture she had to go through all the other shit that she had to go through then you know, the people that she trusts and in, in, in the cops turn to her and say, maybe you shouldn't file because this guy is a pro athlete and you know what happens when you go up against pro athletes. I mean, that's bullshit. That's the, they should be fucking, I'll use a southern saying, they should be burned at the fucking stake for that shit. No, I, I agree, brother. Um, and, and, you know, what's, what's surprising is uh, that this isn't getting – in my opinion, it's not getting bigger coverage from that specific thing. Like, I'm surprised that there hasn't been an official statement. There hasn't been repercussions already. Because right. I feel like they're really dragging their feet on that part of this investigation. And now I'm sure, you know, fuck, I'm not, I'm not by any mind, many means a lawman, so I don't know exactly what the protocol is to follow up with that. But I can tell you that as soon as I hear one of one of my people, one of my team members does something that is inappropriate, the first thing I do is address the situation. And uh, in the circumstances that they are, where you're talking about the livelihood and well-being of somebody uh, with with you know, for lack of a better term, a celebrity, right? It does nothing but drag everything you stand for through the mud. Yeah. And, and you talk about discrediting. I mean, it, by you know, and obviously, the worst perpetrator is if Jameis Winston did do something wrong, which you know it's hard not to say that he did because it sounds like it really does sound like he did. Um, 
Yeah, uh, this is this is a clusterfuck. I don't think there's any doubt about that. This is a fucking clusterfuck. For sure. And, and he's a kid. I mean, this guy's what, 22, 23 years old? Yeah. He's a kid. Yeah. And oh, I'm sorry. I was just corrected by my wife. He's 19 years old. Wow. He's a dude. he's a freshman. That's right. So 19 year old kid. Sky's the limit for him in his future. And and this. It won't. It, I mean, let's let's call it what it is, right? Richie Incognito will probably play football again, um, so this won't ruin his his chances. But uh, it for damn sure is going to cost him an opportunity to play for one of the better organizations in the pros, because as you know and will agree, the good organizations don't fuck around with shit like this, and they just won't draft him. I mean, the only the only team that that I think. I can come up with mentally, just thinking about it, would be the Patriots that took a flyer on a cock uh, who turned out to be a fucking mass murderer in uh, Aaron Hernandez. Every other five-star NFL pro team would not put up with this shit. No, it is kind of funny. I like that saying, took a flyer on a cock. We sound like we're doing porn now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, you know, that's why Randy Moss went to Marshall. You know, he was set to go to Florida State, actually, and he got busted for drugs, scholarship pulled. One of the best talents in football, one of the best, you know, pure talents at wide receiver, and they said, fuck it, we're done with you. Jameis Winston can have all the talent in the world. He does this shit and threatens the program and the school and the boosters. He'll be in Middle Tennessee State, maybe, who knows. And, you know, he may have to walk on to a pro team, and a pro team will take him. I mean, if he's got enough talent, they obviously will. But he just cost him. He may have just cost himself tens of millions of dollars. Oh, easily. And then when you look at look at this this generation of uh, athletes, right, who are negatively seen in the public eye, when you think about all of the endorsement deals that get canceled, pulled, and dropped uh, at the drop of a hat. Oh, sure. Um, you, have, you have one of, if not the. Um, most well-known athletes in the world in Tiger Woods, um, who, who's had endorsement deals dropped just because of, uh, you know, an isolated incident with his now ex-wife where it just kind of surfaced some issues that he had um, with sex and relationships and whatever. And, and how much money did that cost him? Right. Uh, look at Lance Armstrong, who, who had to walk away from his own foundation uh, now, granted, a little bit different circumstances, but still, um, when it comes to endorsements, uh, that's that's money that you can't make on the field. That's money you, you make because of how you're looked at in the public eye. And you're absolutely right, bro. This kid just cost himself a fuck ton. Yeah, and you're right about Tiger. And then really, the only other instance I can think of where it got to a point where it went to trial and all that is Kobe's. And Kobe lost a lot of sponsors because of it, and at the time, he was the, you know, the best player in the NBA, and he still lost. So now that you're one of the, one of the best quarterbacks in college, <clears throat> dude, you've just, you may have just you know, forced sex onto some chick, but you absolutely just fucked yourself. <laughs> For sure, bro. Very nicely, nicely done with that. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, cool. You mentioned earlier there was something you wanted to talk about, I believe, in the NFL. Am I right? 
Uh, Which or was it NBA? Oh, the NBA. We're talking about how great the Knicks are right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fantastic. Absolutely. So I was listening to to an interview with Mike Brown yesterday. Uh, If if you're not aware to our listeners, the the Pacers and the Knicks played last night. Great game, went to overtime. Pacers ended up winning, pulling away, and winning like six or seven, I think. Um, But the Knicks were, were up the majority of the game. And the Knicks were playing good ball. Um, they were playing decent defense. And, uh, you know, Melo wasn't doing all the work. He was doing a lot of it, but he wasn't doing all the work, which that's his M.O., right? He, he could score 50 points, his team scores zero, and then they get beat by 40. Um, that's kind of how the Knicks go. And, and that's how Mike Woodson coaches them. He gets it. He understands that he's got he's to do what he's got to do to keep Melo's ego where it is. Uh, because the NBA, when it comes to coaching, is a, is a player-driven league, to some people's ex- uh, opinion. And if your all-stars aren't happy with you, then you get fired. Um, so, anyway, the interview was in the middle of the thir- end of the third quarter, going into the fourth in intermission. And the question to, to Woodson was, what do you got to do to win this game? And he said, well, you know, we're playing a good basketball team, and we got to find a way to make shots and rebound uh, and take advantage of fast break points and turnovers. And the follow-up question was, um, sounds pretty easy, or you know, you think you'll be able to pull this through this fourth quarter. And the look on Woodson's face was a look of, I know we're about to get beat. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to do it. So, like, zero confidence in his team. And what's funny is, at this point, I'm pretty sure the Knicks were up by, like, six. So what happens? They go out, Pacers get uh, get going. Pacers ended up beating them. Um, so today goes into overtime. Yeah, it goes into overtime, but they still end up beating them. So today I'm driving home from the other job, and I hear a post game interview about the Knicks uh, from Woodson, and and the question of how do you feel about how the season's going, and what do you think? And uh, Woodson brings up there was a play in the fourth quarter. Uh, hell, it might have been overtime, I don't remember, where uh, Melo drove the lane and, and kind of missed the layup, and he, 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 he fell backwards as if he was fouled. Uh, call me a homer if I say I think it was a good call, a good no call that they didn't call it or whatever. But uh, Woodson said something to the degree of, hey, sometimes you're going to get him, sometimes you're not going to get him. I thought it was a foul. Melo clearly thought it was a foul. The call didn't go our way. So he was kind of supporting Mello and saying, you know, look, I'm, I'm behind my guys, and, and we should have got the call, and we didn't. So he's blaming the refs for why they lose. He's backing Mello uh, to make sure that Mello knows he's got his back, uh, in hopes, of course, that Mello's going to have Woodson's back at the end of this year when, uh, you know, the Knicks are probably going to finish, uh, I don't know, middle to lower into that, the East uh, based on their current performance um dude they're terrible and, and ultimately i got to finish this little rant off before i turn it over to you for your opinion by saying anybody who sits on on the sidelines of an nba basketball court drinking fiji water can go fuck themselves <clears throat> i think that's what it all comes down to for you i, it I think you like mellow because he drinks fiji water it is the such a princess type water to drink who the fuck needs fiji water on the sidelines he's the only that drinks Fiji water, and it just makes me hate him even more. 
He uh, he's not my favorite guy in the NBA. Well, the Knicks right now to frame it up are three and eight. They have a plus minus of minus five and a half per game. They lost four in a row and are two and eight. Well, I guess two and eight in their last ten, but they only played eleven games, so it doesn't really matter. Um, I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks finish out of the playoffs, even though they were uh, I think Eastern Conference finals last year i'm not sure but i know i know they had an all right run last year beat, got beat by the pacers in game six if i'm not mistaken all right so it was the eastern conference semis then because it was yep. pacers and heat in the that's right so it's pacers and heat in the finals, so semis um you know i i hate when even when we do it i don't like it when we talk about the refs because like woodson is talking about this one call and blaming this one call as for how big of a deal it is that they lost the game. They make two more free throws. They win one more free throw. They win the game. I mean, it's not, it doesn't come down to the, to the rest. It comes down to your team needs to play better. You're three and eight. You're not playing well. You're fucking one and six at home. You're, you're one, you, you can't even win in your own fucking house. I mean, come on. You haven't even had an extensive road trip so far this season. You've played already, you know, 10% of, of your home games have already been played. So, holy fuck, you're in trouble with a 3-8 and eight record. By the end of the year, like you're saying, I really will be surprised if they make the playoffs because they're not the Miami Heat who had a 27-game win streak last year. They have one player who dominates the ball and doesn't make anybody else around them better. It's too bad too because he's six nine. He can he can he can rebound. He can shoot the lights out, and that's all he wants to do. He doesn't want to make anybody else better. He doesn't want to win. He just wants exactly what Jameis Winston just cost himself. He wants all that extra fucking cheddar. I don't want him to come to LA because he's not going to bring anybody any team he plays for a championship because he's not going to make anybody better. Do you think any team really wants him? Like, if you're an NBA GM, do you want him on your squad? I think if I'm the Chicago Bulls, I probably want him on my squad because I need somebody to help Derrick Rose. I need, and Derrick Rose might carry enough clout to have Melo not give up the ball as much, but to be okay not to receive the ball as much. That, that would be my thought. I think the Bulls would be okay with it. But I don't think any other team would really be great to have. I mean, you know, just kind of looking around the league, you know, would he be a good fit in Boston with Rondo? I mean, Rondo could use another scorer over there with uh, with Green. So, you know, he he would have to go to a. I mean, like, he would hate he would hate every second of it. But he really has to go to a team that that has a really really good point guard and knows that that that, that everything runs through that point guard. He's just too selfish, man. Yeah, and that's and that's the problem, right? It's a team sport, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, I I I get what you're saying. The Bulls need another scorer, but I don't think the Bulls are built for scoring. Um, you know, I think they're one of the lowest scoring teams in the NBA. I know for sure the Pacers are probably the lowest scoring team in the NBA, from an average of probably you know low 80s. They're a defen- defensive minded team, and guess what? Melo doesn't fucking play any defense. So uh, you almost need him in a, in a locker room like Miami with LeBron and D-Wade and, and you know, some of those tenured pros 
who are just going to literally grab him by the throat, throw him up against the locker, and say, listen, you little shit. Yeah. Uh, this is this is how it's going to be, and uh, if you don't like it, understand that I'm bigger than you, and I'll have your ass sitting on the bench. Right. Like, seriously, one of the worst constructed teams ever was the Denver Nuggets when it was Mello and Allen Iverson, and how Denver got Allen Iverson was they traded Chauncey Billups for him. And that team was so much better with Billups because he ran the point, he got Mello the ball, he played good defense and all that. But when you had Mello and Mello Jr. AI, you know, both fighting over shots, that was that was a problem. So even though Chicago's not constructed for it, and you know, it's not like Chicago needs to make a deal. They're six and three. Right, they're, right. they're playing well, but you just you got to have somebody who is going to control the point. And uh, he's just he's a cancer. You know, if I'm a rookie coming up, and I think Carmelo Anthony is 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 all of this stuff. Uh, great player, you know, dream team, all that stuff. He's not going to do anything to help my career, though. He's not going to make me a better person. What's he going to show me? I mean, he doesn't have a great work ethic, from what I understand. So he's not going to make any anybody around him better. But one of the surprises, I would say, in the NBA, though, is how about – and I haven't paid enough attention. I, I really need to pay a little bit more. Portland Trailblazers, man, 10-2. and two. Dude, they look great. Yeah. I mean, across the board. They're eighth in the league in points per game, eighth in the league in uh, rebounds per game, assists are up, and they allow 98.1 points per game, which is 10th. Um, they uh, actually are playing Chicago, I think, tonight or tomorrow. I forget when they play. That will be a fun game to see. Yeah, they, uh, they play they, tomorrow. Who did they just play? Um, a couple nights ago. I can find out for you. Let me get to their schedule here. Oh, that makes me mad. I'm trying to remember. Big game, I take it? Uh, I mean, it wasn't a big game. Uh, maybe it was Dallas. It might have been Dallas. Um, well, they played Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Toronto, Boston. Brooklyn. 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 Yeah, and they beat Brooklyn. Now, granted, Brooklyn's pretty terrible, too, since we're staying over here in the East. Yeah. They, uh, talk about another self-destructing team. And that was at Brooklyn. So. And that was, that was yeah. That was at Brooklyn's house. And uh, they just look fantastic. And you look at the the team, right? So Damian Lillard, LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, they got some guys on there that 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 have some serious talent. And uh, you know, I don't know shit about Terry Stotts, but but he's doing a really good job coaching those young kids. I know nothing about him too. I, honestly, I, if you would ask me who the coach is, I'd be like, that. Uh, I don't know, dude. That one guy, I guess. Um, but yeah. Ten and two, holy cow! So I don't know where he came from, what's going on. Lamarcus Aldridge is a player every year that they talk about, um, but I wouldn't have seen this coming. Uh, just like I wouldn't have seen, um, you know, Brooklyn being as bad as they are. Do you do you think Brooklyn has a fix, or do you think they're just destined to suck until they replace uh, Kid? Man, I don't know. That's a really good question, Wood. Um, I, I just—it's so hard for me to say that they're going to suck because there's so much talent on that roster. I mean, just with Darren Williams, Joe Johnson, and you know, Brooke Lopez or Robin Lopez—I forget what Lopez is there. You know, they should be at least 500 with that team. Then you throw in Pierce and Garnett. I mean, they should be much better than they are. I don't know. I—I—I—I I, I, I think Jason Kidd is doing them more harm than good. That's for sure. 
So let's let's look at the the season so far for Brooklyn. Game one of the year, they're playing at home against Miami. They win by a point, 101-100. Then they go on the road to Orlando, and they lose to the Magic. Yeah. And then they're back at home. They beat, uh, I think, an underrated Utah Jazz team. They're young. They're not very good, but I think they're a little bit better than some people give them credit for. They beat, they beat them 104-88. to Then they go to Washington, and they get beat by the Wizards, who are a joke, 112 to 108. They lose that game. Um, then they're at home against my Indiana Pacers. The Pacers beat them 96-91. Then they're on the road in, in Cali in Sacramento, and they get beat by the Kings 107-86. Then they're in Phoenix, and they beat the Suns, who, again, not a good team, by two points. Then they go to L.A. and beat the Clippers by seven points. Crazy. Then they're home against the Trailblazers and get beat by 10 points. And then they go on the road to Charlotte and get beat by the Bobcats by four points. Oh, guess what? Tomorrow they play in Minnesota against a good Timberwolves team. Yeah, with could be the MVP of the league with Kevin Love. Dude, they're just disastrous. I mean, when you beat Miami and you beat L.A., and then you lose to the Bobcats, you lose to uh, I, I, I won't say the Trailblazers because as we just said they're looking great. great. Yeah. You lose you lose to Washington, to Orlando, Sacramento. Like they're getting their butts kicked by by you know C graded teams right now. Hell, some D D rated teams. If it wasn't for John Wall in Washington, the Wizards might be winless. They might be. <laughs> There's truth to that. The only thing, I, the only caveat I'll say is I don't know how many games uh, everybody's played. Because I know Darren Williams has been out. I know Joe Johnson's been out, and obviously Pierce and Garnett seem like they're always out. So I just, I just don't know how many games they've played as a as a unit together. Well, all I can say is this. The, the, the Brooklyn Nets are a clusterfuck of old men who aren't ready to walk away from the game yet, coached by an old man who should have just walked away, retired, and sat behind a desk and been a talking head with the rest of us, uh, but instead decided he was going to go try his hand at doing something he'd never done in his life before, and there was some incredibly rich prick Russian who thought it would be a good idea. All right, so you have your choice. You know, you're the hot new coach on the market. You, know, you have you have two offers out there making ten million dollars each. You either get the Brooklyn Nets job or the New York Knicks job. Which one do you want? Uh, I would take the New York Knicks job, and it's it's because the first matter of business would to be benching Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> so you're not taking it for the quality of team. It's no, fact, I am. It's the Here, fact so that you on. could go in there and say you no longer get Fiji water. Uh, well, perhaps, but let's, let's talk about the Knicks, though, right? So look at their team. Look at what New York's constructed of outside of Mello. So J.R. Smith, okay, was, was M, uh, M, NBA's sixth man last year, if I'm not mistaken, or two years ago, I don't remember. Um, you've got Amari Stoudemire, who's hurt, but still... Uh, an amazing center, I think. I think the kid is, is get, just got an unbelievable amount of talent if he stays healthy. You've got uh, Meta World Peace, who, who's one of the best defenders to ever play the game, in my opinion. 
You've got Tyson Chandler, who, who's a solid center. He plays with a lot of uh, a passion, needs to be a little controlled. I think that, that he's, he's a little too much thug for me. Uh, and you've got uh, Iman Schubert, who, who plays the small forward position like a shooting guard, and the kid can shoot the ball really, really well. I think that the Knicks have a lot of talent on their team. It's just all covered up by Carmelo Anthony's lack of ability to, one, play a team sport, and two, pass the fucking ball. So I would absolutely take the Knicks job. I don't know. I, I think I'd play. I think I'd take the Nets job. But I think there's things you didn't mention. Like I, I don't like J.R. Smith. I think he's a thug. I can't believe you didn't mention your boy Cole Aldrich. Come on now. All yeah. right, all right. Come on, big Kansas guy. Well, he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a Kansas guy, man. Come on now. But he's he's a he's a bench warmer. No, I know. But I just figured since he was a Kansas guy, you'd mention him. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they got. They, I mean. Tim Hardaway Jr. It's a good pickup by him. I mean, solid, uh, solid rookie guard. Um, they have a lot of talent on this roster. I think it's interesting, though. I think it's really fucking interesting and speaks to the upper management of the Knicks that they wanted to keep fucking um, J.R. Smith so bad that they signed his little brother or whatever it is, Chris Smith, to the team for pretty much league minimum, making four hundred ninety thousand dollars. Just so they would keep J.R. fucking Smith happy. That, to me, seems like there's something wrong with your fucking management. That your sixth man of the year, not your starter, I mean, a guy who makes $5.5 million a year, pretty much, is what uh, J.R. Smith makes. You're trying to keep him a little bit happier, so you're going to pay his little brother some fucking money to play on the goddamn team, who's not good, who doesn't deserve to be on the team. Seems like you're kind of circumventing the salary cap a little bit. It seems like there's something wrong with ownership in the GM. So I, I'll be okay to, you know, I, I take the Russians' money and guide that other team that's got a lot more talent on it than this fucking team with all their issues. Bro, Russian money equals Russian mob. God forbid somebody come after you with a baseball bat breaking kneecaps. Bro, it also e- equals Russian hookers and blow. I'm just saying. That's true. I've and never nothing. had a Russian hooker or blow, but I'd oh. love to try. Right. There's no better snow than Russian snow, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've killed this. Um, anything in the NFL you want to hit on? A uh, little fun fact for you. Um, the Indianapolis Colts were picked yesterday afternoon as a dark horse to win the Super Bowl. By whom? Not by me. By um, fucking Old Man Winter. What's his name? I can't think of his name right now. The dude in the long ponytail commercial when he says, Mom, I'm done doing my segment. By uh, Where's Glasses. Fuck, what is his name? He's the professor. Um, uh, yeah, I almost said Mark Clayton. Is that right? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it is Mark Clayton. Something Clayton. But anyway, uh, they they asked him yet last night, right before I, I passed out, I was watching Sports Center. Uh, John Clayton. Oh, there you go. Thank you, wife. Um, this is why I married my wife, ladies and gentlemen. She she teaches me sports stuff every day. And it throws, <laughs> it throws titties in the face. And and she's got tits, and they're glorious. Um, so yeah, John Clayton uh, picked the Colts as the dark horse. To win the Super Bowl, uh, I'm not picking the Colts as the dark horse to win the Super Bowl. But uh, I, I would like to say this: so we've seen Denver versus Kansas City. Uh, we're about to see Denver versus New England, Brady versus Manning, 
And then we're going to see Kansas City at home against Denver next weekend. Uh, based on what we saw uh, in, in week 11, do you think Denver is the team to beat? Or do you think Kansas City spirals down to earth now that teams have film on, on exactly what the, the, uh, the Broncos did to beat them? Well, but what do you mean? Do you mean team to beat in the NFL, team to beat in the AFC? What do you mean? Yeah, Super Bowl favorite. Like, are they the Super Bowl favorite? Uh, honestly, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time getting away from Seattle being the Super Bowl favorite. Uh, I'm going to still say – I'm not still say, but I'm going to say Seattle's the Super Bowl favorite. If you want me to say the AFC, uh, it's hard for me to – Denver's defense looked good, and I think that's what that's what impressed me the most about that win, is it's not what Kansas City's you know defense did or didn't do against Peyton Manning. They forced them to I think five or six punts in that game, which is you know some of the most that they've had. But I think it's Denver's defense. So I think I think Denver's defense Denver's defense puts them in a spot if they can play like that. Well, they'll be the team to beat in the AFC. Uh, so I got to ask though, was Denver's defense that great? I mean, they're they're playing a mediocre offense. This is true. I mean, that you, you yeah, you bring up a good point. It's just, I guess what their defense did is they 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 stopped Jamal Charles, which not many people can do. So maybe their whole game plan was about stopping Jamal Charles, which is fine. That's what you're going to have to do against Kansas City and Alex Smith isn't going to beat you over the top, even though Dwayne Bowe in years past has been a hell of a receiver to beat people over the top. But the fact that they figured out what they knew to need to do to stop Jamal Charles and did it, that, I guess that's the part that I like. Okay, I'll give you that. So uh, flip, flip it to the uh, NFC. Seattle. I mean, Seattle and New Orleans. I, I would take Seattle and New Orleans over any teams in the AFC. I think those are the two best teams in football right now. Um, and Seattle's defense, Legion of Boom, it's funny to hear, funny to watch. And the thing about Seattle is they're 10-1, and one, and they're, they're like Green Bay was a couple of years ago. Green Bay was a pretty good team, a solid team all year long. You had Aaron Rodgers, you had the receivers. They had everybody hurt, and then all of a sudden everybody started getting healthy right about playoff time. Uh, towards the end of the season, and they went on to win uh, a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Seattle's kind of the same thing. They're this great team, and all of a sudden, Percy Harvin gets on the field. Um, they get one of their offensive linemen back, big key offensive linemen. So the people they're starting to get back in their lineup isn't that they're making trades. It's people who have been with them who are just starting to get healthy. And at 10-1 and when San, San Francisco's lost two in a row at 6-4, and four, there's no one that's going to contest them for the division and if you have to go through Seattle in the uh, uh, NFC, it's crazy. And, oh, by the way, next week New Orleans plays Seattle. That'll be a fun game to watch. Yeah, well, a quick update. Uh, 14-13 at halftime, uh, New Orleans, Atlanta. New Orleans is up. Um, so I, I pulled the stats real quick on uh, last week for Alex Smith. He threw for 230 yards and two touchdowns, no picks. And as, as you pointed out, uh, you know, Alex Smith doesn't have a long ball, so he can't go deep, which is, is ultimately what's going to cause them the issues when you run out of time. You, got, you can't make the master, master plan for the deep ball. But uh, 230 yards and two touchdowns is not a bad game. No, you're right. It's not. Who is their leading receiver? Do you have that up? No, I can pull it back up real quick. Okay. Though. 
I mean, I mean, it's I'm sure it was a tight end and not a wide receiver. I don't think Jamal Charles did too much. If I uh, he had 75 yards, 65 yards, I think is what mm-hmm. I saw. Okay, here we go. Ready? And he's been the best fantasy football back all season long because of his receiving and, and what he's doing in receiving and rushing. So here you go. So Jamal Charles had 16 rushes for 78 yards, averaging 4.9 a carry. Um, Alex Smith ran five times for 52 yards. Dwayne Bowe led receivers 57 yards uh, and a touchdown. And you had McCluster with 53 yards. Fasano uh, had four catches for 37 yards and a touchdown. Jamar Charles had two catches for negative six yards. Wow. They really shut Charles down on the, in uh, uh, catching the ball out of the backfield. So, well, I mean, that's my take. What do you think? Um, I honestly, the final score was 27-17. I thought it was a good game. Um, I thought Kansas City defense did what they were supposed to do. Um, you know, not have it be a blowout. And I think Kansas City's offense is exactly what we thought they would be, right? They're, they're mediocre at best. They don't have the deep play. They scored 17 points, but ultimately, uh, you held Peyton Manning to 27 points and you couldn't win. A team that's averaging, what, 40 a game uh, throughout the season or whatever it is, like you have to score points on them. So ultimately I, I think that Kansas City proved that they can't beat teams that can, uh, that can play them defensively the same way. And to your point, I think that's what Denver did. Denver came out and played smash football up against that defense. And uh, ultimately, that's what won. I think I like Denver more after seeing them lose a game like that or uh, win a game like that, 27-17. Uh, if they'd have gone in there and won 50-10 to 10 or some bullshit, uh, I think I'd be saying, man, Kansas City was just really overrated. I think it, uh, it, it qualified Kansas City's defense to be legit, to be a good defense, um, holding Manning in that offensive powerhouse to 27 points and, and I think it showed me that Denver's defense could play better than what they have played and uh, so so I think I like Denver more now than I did two weeks ago but I also wouldn't be surprised if Denver goes on a two-game losing streak uh, perhaps uh, I still think Peyton Manning finds a way to choke in the postseason so, <laughs> but know, I mean, like and, and what, what honestly just on, kind of on that point um, I don't know that any of us, us being, you know, the 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 voices in the mic, give a shit if they went out the rest of the year because we're all waiting to see what they do in the postseason. Yeah, we're all, we're all believe they'll choke, but I I would I can see them losing to New England and uh, Kansas City at Kansas City. I can see those things happening. Uh, uh yeah, I mean. We'll see. We'll see yeah. if uh, New England. Th- that's in New England, right? They got to travel. I believe so. I believe so, and that's a Sunday night game or Monday yeah. night game. Uh, uh, Sunday, Sunday night, night game. game. I think it's one yeah, of the it'll, games. It'll be. It'll be. Uh, that's gonna be a fun game to watch. I hope. Uh, yeah. I mean, the only thing, you know, <clears throat> New England. I can't believe they're seven and three. They seem so much worse than that. Um, they lost a tough game. Yeah. How about Carolina? Uh, I'm impressed. I am too. Uh, I am impressed. That defense is legit. Um, Newton's not making bad decisions. 
he's not making great decisions at times, but he's not making bad decisions. And he's kind of playing Alex Smith-esque, uh, only he's probably one of the best athletes in football. So he can throw the ball deep. He can, he's can. he got wheels. The dude's the fastest guy within 15 yards of the football when he's on the field. Right. Um, so, yeah, are they, I'm, not, I'm not putting him in there as a legitimate uh, contender, but, but if I'm picking a dark horse today, if you're asking me, they might be my dark horse. I would take them as a dark horse over the Colts. Oh, in a heartbeat. Yeah, I would too. If you're picking, yeah, I would, I would say that's a good call. If, they're, if we're picking dark horses, I would say them over the Colts. Colts, uh, the Colts were good a few weeks ago and just seemed like they've lost a little something. Maybe, well, that, maybe we call them Reggie Wayne. I don't know. Yeah, they, uh, you know, they got their asses beat by, by the Rams. And that, that first half of the Tennessee game was rough. Um, but they came out that second half of the Tennessee game and looked really, really good. Well, I mean, so, look at look at their let's see let's see um, their last twelve quarters of football. So I would say they've only played four good quarters of the last twelve. They got beat from start to finish with the Rams. Yep. Um, fucking uh, the uh, Houston Texans took it to them in the first half of that game. And then you said the Tennessee Titans took it to the first half of, the, of their game as well. So they're not putting together a full game of football yet. They're doing just enough to beat a couple of marginal teams. I mean, you look at Tennessee, or, uh, Houston, they're only, what, 2-8 and eight or something like that, 2-7? and seven? Uh, Yeah, they're 2-8, they're and eight, I think. Um, they, I think they got a tough game this weekend, too. And all of a sudden, that win they had against uh, – well, I shouldn't say – I mean, they're the only team that's beaten Seattle, which is amazing. So the only, the only team that's beaten Seattle and Denver, right? So, and they went on the road uh, against the Niners. Now, granted, that's not looking to be yeah. a great win as the season goes on. Yeah. But but you know, the Niners the the Niners were a Super Bowl favorite. Seattle was a Super Bowl favorite. Right. Denver was a Super Bowl favorite, and and the Colts beat all three teams early in the year. So, I, I know it's the homer in me, but as long as they keep finding ways to win games. Uh, it looks like it looks like they're they're a lock. I hate to say that word. But <laughs> they're a lock to win the AFC South. So they're playing a playoff home game. Um, you know, fuck it. If, if if they can find ways to keep grinding these games out, they got a tough tough game tomorrow against. Uh, or not tomorrow. What the fuck? I keep thinking it's Saturday. Uh, tough game on Sunday against Arizona. Uh, who's playing pretty well right now. Arizona's uh, got a solid defense. Yeah, so that'll be an interesting game. And you got Bruce Arians, who's the head coach of that, that team, um, who was coaching the Colts last year. So a little bit different from an offensive coordinator standpoint, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, he knows what Pagano's about. So that, that should be fun to watch uh, just from a football game perspective, two teams that, that are, are being coached very similarly. Um, you know, and, and Indy's got to win that game. And I think if Indy wins that game, then they'll be just fine. Look, Arizona comes in that team only with comes into that game uh, at six and four. The Colts are only seven and three, so you're talking one game difference. And you're looking at who's who's the team on the hotter streak right now. Arizona's won three in a row. The Colts, like we just talked about, they've won one in their last twelve quarters of football. I've only played four good quarters. Um, I would take Arizona money line this week just for the value of that bet because, like we're saying, Arizona's no joke. 
I I think that might only be a one point spread. Oh, it? really? Okay. Well, maybe. I think I think Indy's only favored one point on the road. Crap! I thought I had some good value there. Shit! I might have to double check that. Yeah, maybe because it is in Arizona. That will probably I'll I'll look it up right now. But yeah, Arizona at six and four. I mean that division, that AFC West division, best division in football most likely. I mean I I, I can't I can't say there's anything else better than it right now. I'm sorry, I've got Arizona favored a point. Wow. I retract my earlier statement. Holy yeah, I, shit. I think and I'm not I don't know. That was uh from the Yahoo app on my phone, so that's not coverage or anything. I am on top bet right now looking it up. So but the value won't be huge if you take Colt no, to no. win outright, but still there's a little bit more money in it. So um Wow. I can't believe this line. Arizona is minus two and a half. It's two and a half on top bet? Yeah. Oh, I'm picking the Indy to win that out. Yeah, you got the Colts. I mean, okay, so I would have to flip it for the value. I would take the Colts money line at plus 120. Yeah, absolutely. Jesus Christ. In fact, that, that's going in right now. Wow. So I guess everyone's seeing kind of what I mentioned. Uh, Arizona's 6-4 and four and the Colts are 7-3. Not much difference. And it's in Arizona and that defense. And the Colts haven't been playing well lately, so... I guess maybe that's the only thing I can think of that 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 line's based on. Probably, I mean, but it, it's a logical line. Yeah, I I didn't I I think it's too high. I mean, I I would I'm gonna stay the hell away from that game. But if I were to bet it too, I would probably go in your direction. And you know what else I would bet? I would bet Minnesota money line. They're plus five, plus one eighty five at Green Bay with Tolzine. Minnesota's terrible. They are, but that's good value. You're, so Green Bay is not good. They're great with Rodgers, but they're not good with Tolzien. No, no, no. I'm just they're they're a team that I'm afraid to to bet on. This is this is seriously Jacksonville versus Tampa Bay right now, except for you have Adrian Peterson on the field. Right, right. Um, anyway, all right. I think we get it all. Maybe we should get to your weird news, buddy. All right, brother. I can handle that. I'm a god, and football players. Pretend they live in a box. I'm saying it right now. Peyton Manning looks fucking good. Oh, goody! Using, maybe one was using and now he's not. Perturbed and frustrated. You can't accept it. Can I argue and complain about whoever the fuck dresses Craig Seeger? Jojo, the idiot circus boy. <laughs> All right, so... I was, ho- I was really hoping I could find some Florida news. Um... <laughs> Because, you know, just at the end of the day, Florida sucks. And it's so good for news. Um, but, alas, uh, that's right, I said alas. Uh, I, I found some news that, uh, you know, as I read it, made me start thinking that maybe tonight uh, we're doing a two guys a mic in sports throwback uh, version of the show. Uh, it'd be good to end with a public service announcement type of news story so i'll uh let me get this out of the way chaos you and i can spin this and and do our own little psa and i read ohio teenager claims he accidentally killed his friend while the two were playing with knives and smoking marijuana an 18 year old girl was tragically killed after a friend and her were playing around with knives and the friend 17 year old adrian mckee threw a knife at her he claims that he was aiming for a tree, but because the two were high on marijuana, 
He missed, and the knife struck her in the neck. When McGee realized the knife struck 18-year-old Danielle Michaels, he fled the scene and went on with his evening, reportedly shopping at Best Buy and watching sports with his brother at a local Buffalo Wild Wings restaurant. McGee's parents claimed that their son only left because he didn't know how to handle the situation and that the whole thing was an accident. Police found the young woman's body behind her school in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. Quote, Once we identified the victim, we were able to do some fairly quick backtracking and determine who she had spent some time with over the weekend. End quote. Police Chief Jim O'Neill, who also says McGee wound up confessing his involvement to the police. This person confessed and gave a significant indication that he was aware of the condition of the body, and the crime scene led us to believe at that point that we have the right person. Uh, While McGee maintains that his involvement in the death of his friend was an accident, police say that he knew exactly what he was doing. According to reports, they also claim that the teenager cut Michael's arm with the knife. McKee currently remains detained in a juvenile detention center and is likely, although he is only 17, he will be tried as an adult. The hearing is scheduled for November 27th. That's a sad story, man. That's a really sad story. Um, It amazes me that at the beginning of the show, we have a guy who calls the cops because he wants to get somebody out of the bed for fucking snoring. And at the end of the show, we have a guy who doesn't know what to do after he fucking kills somebody and flees the fucking scene. And that's what he's talking about. So here's my PSA for the evening, boys yes, and sir. girls listening okay. at home. Okay. Uh, don't get high and play with knives. If you're going to get high, don't play with knives. That's the that, Yeah. Yeah. For you know. I'm just saying, like, don't be the only one around where other people know you. I mean, if you're going to kill somebody, you've got to be able to do it better than that. I mean, really, who hasn't thought about killing somebody before? And I'm thinking if that's all planned out, you don't cut her arm first and then throw a knife at her later. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, what the fuck is wrong with people? Hey, uh, hey uh, Chaos, what are you going to do this weekend? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Yeah? I'm going to play with knives and get okay. stoned behind my school. Uh, then I'm going to go shopping at Best Buy, maybe go watch some sports at the local BW3s. Uh, you know, that's my game plan. Yeah, you know, Xbox One comes out, you should head to Best Buy. I mean, they have the Starburst that we talked about. All right. By the way, before I do all that, I'm going to throw a knife and stab a girl in the throat. And usually the drug of choice before killing somebody is not weed. That's a very happy drug. It might be oh, some sort of other narcotic, though. Uh, you uh, bath salts. That's when you turn into a zombie. Bath right? salts is definitely the one where you chew off somebody's face. All right. You know, I think we only got high once together. Huh. Just something I noticed. And then I passed out on your couch. Just saying. These things happen sometimes. Ah, uh, good news. Good news. Remember, if you need to send uh, topless pictures of your friends who are girls with big tits, A. Carlson 23 on Twitter. Um, let's see here. So that's all we got, buddy. You got any final thoughts? A uh, couple things. Um, it, it is, you know, the week before Thanksgiving. Right. So, uh, you know, take time and, and appreciate your friends, your family, your loved ones, the people that you hold dear, uh, and just give thanks. I know that it's cheesy to say, but just take a couple seconds and, uh, you know, let the people that you love know that you appreciate everything that they do for you. 
and, uh, you know, just embrace him, give him a hug, maybe a smack on the ass. Uh, if your relationship's anything like my stuff, mine and uh, Chaos's, because we smack each other on the ass. As but, often uh, as possible. And then my second, my second little little tidbit here is, for fuck's sake, go ride a shark. <laughs> It'll change your fucking life. <laughs> this motherfucker here. Um, you know, I guess all day long I've been, or all week long, think about how we get to where we are. You know, where life ends up taking us and like I pretty much guarantee that a year ago Hollywood probably would have thought he was married but there's other events in his life that I don't know a tornado going through his father's town he probably didn't anticipate there's no way in the world that 12 months ago I thought that I would be doing the show like Hollywood and I are doing two guys in like in sports and you know sports are away uh, and then the other shows that we have on the network, Footprints, where we're truly fighting for a cause against the system, and it really is the system. Um, Village Idiots, where you have a couple of guys who just talk movies and a few other things. You know, I, you know. sometimes it kind of beats the fuck out of you, and you don't realize, I guess, uh, how good you have it until you turn around and you hit your lowest low and you have people like Hollywood and I have this wonderful girl, we call her Jen, who, phenomenal tips, by the way, uh, <clears throat> kind of puts us in the right place. So thank what you have. Just Hollywood kind of got me thinking about it when you talk about giving thanks. And it's some of the most important stuff that you can do. Uh, don't work retail during the holidays unless you're a GM because they don't take care of shit. It's because they're starting up at 10 o'clock. Uh, the world... Is a place where it's okay to get high without knives. Just saying. Um, that's all I got. I'm drunk, having a good time. Missed the two other guys. All I got to say is we are out, motherfuckers. Thanks for listening. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. This is going to be one fucked up podcast. <laughs> And we've got players now coming up limp. AP in football. This is a guy who's broken down. You don't know the power of the dark side. I believe in karma, man. Seriously? You fellas been doing a bit of boozing, have you? Sucking back on Grandpa's old cough medicine? Oh, Rondo just got ejected. Seriously? I'm talking about the, the, the pre-intercourse. There's still maybe some titties. What we've got here is... Failure to communicate. That was a freak day.